Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hello, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. I'm really excited for today's topic because it's something that I fell down a research rabbit hole a couple years ago and I've been fascinated by since. And that is everything to do with book typography. It sounds super nerdy, but stick with me. You're going to be just as hooked as I am by the end of this episode, I promise you. People always talk about judging a book by its cover and usually they're referring to the imagery, but what you probably don't know is that most people are subconsciously judging a book by its typeface or its typesetting and the font that is used. On average, a person who's in a bookstore, they're browsing through, they spend eight seconds looking at the front cover, only eight seconds, and then they'll spend 15 seconds on average reading the back cover jacket, and about five seconds flipping through, kind of seeing how long the book is, what the different chapter lengths are. They're taking in all of the typesetting in under a minute. And the typography can really make or break a book. It can change somebody's purchase decision and they don't even know that's why they're drawn to that kind of book. So today I'm going to talk about the best fonts for your manuscript and your book proposal. I'll just run through that really quickly so that you know that for certain. I also want to talk about the best fonts to use for the interior, the body of a book, the ones that you see in a bookstore at the library, and then also some great fonts that are perfect for book covers. I'll kind of break it down by genre, but I really geek out over this stuff, and I hope you do too. I think it's really fascinating, and the next time you pick up your favorite book, maybe you'll start to catch on to the patterns of fonts that are used if you love historical fiction, if you love thrillers, if you're a big Nicholas Sparks romance novelist type person, you're going to start picking up these different nuances in the fonts. And that can determine when you either self-publish or traditionally publish your own book, you can have a little bit of fun with the designers or design it yourself to elicit a certain mood and make sure that it's readable. I swear I can't pick up a book or read anything now without investigating what kind of font and typeset it is. I kind of have an idea because of all the research I have done, but it's really fun to do. Now, the two most important things when it comes to book fonts are readability and its ability to elicit emotion. Readability is important because the font has to be easy on the eyes for a lengthy period of time. Legibility of a font is about how easy it is to distinguish one letter 
from the other. And this is all done subconsciously very, very quickly with rapid eye movement. Some of the factors that can determine a font's readability are the spacing between the letters, the height and thickness of each letter, and the size of the serifs. You'll hear me talk a lot today about serifs and sans serifs. The basic definition and explanation is that a serif has that decorative little finish at the end of each letter. They are the easiest font on a reader's eyes because that little stroke at the end of a serif letter, it leads your eye from one letter to the next and it pulls the text all together so you can speed through easily. It's like a flow feeling when you're reading through a long passage of text. On the other hand, a sans serif, sans in French means without, basically that's what it is, it doesn't have that decorative flourish. So Haveltica, it's one of the standard on a MacBook fonts for emails, and Arial are sans serif fonts. They are more tiring to read through in long passages, so they're best used for headings, and they're a little bit colder. They don't elicit the same feeling. That brings me to the next point that I said. So there's readability and then the font's ability to elicit emotion. This is huge. So as the author, you have to ask yourself, what message is your book trying to send and what do you want the reader to feel? Typography is more important than you think for eliciting those kinds of emotions. So it has to be readable, yes, but you also want the text to look inviting and welcoming and give a subliminal or a subtle nod to the topic or the genre that your book is about. So if your book is a mystery or if it's romantic or if it's happy or it's a thriller or it's dark or a business how-to book, each of those different genres have classic fonts that go with them that help signal to somebody in a bookstore just picking it up for the first time, this is what it's about and this is what you are going to feel while reading it. You know a book has a good font choice when you're reading it and you don't even notice. The whole thing just flows, it feels easy, and then a bad choice of typeface is when you open it and it feels jarring. You'll definitely start noticing the difference with a good and bad font choice. Now the publishing industry is a well-oiled machine, so I would be surprised if you saw some bad fonts in books these days because they've got it down to a science. But an example would be if a book is written in Haveltica. That's, again, that standard font on your computer if you have a MacBook. The entire book would feel really cold because it's a sans serif. And you'll likely feel like something is off while you're reading a book in that type of font, but you won't even know why. I mean, now you might know why because you've listened to this podcast episode, but before, if you'd picked up a book that was in a sans serif Haveltica, it might feel off and you couldn't put your finger on why, even if it was a beautifully well-written book. The whole art and science behind a book's typeface really started just after the invention of the printing press. So for me, part of the fascination about all of this is that these classic traditional fonts that we still see today go back to the 15th century. 
if you pull any graphic designer or book cover designer at a publishing house, a lot of them will say that, yes, we still use these traditional classic fonts, but maybe with a bit more of a modern update, modern twist, but they really haven't changed that much since like 1440 when the printing press was invented. From the outside cover to the inside pages of a book, people have always subconsciously judged a book by its legibility, the beauty of the font, its simplicity, and the variety of weights from chapter header to footnotes to the title page. Before I break down the best font choices by genre, I quickly want to go over the best font choice that you absolutely should be using for your manuscript. Your manuscript is the printed computer pages that you will submit to a literary agent, you'll send to your critique partners, and eventually what will be sent to the publisher. When you're formatting your manuscript, the proper font to use is Times New Roman, 12-point font. You could also get away with Arial. Either one will work. Arial is the most common web font. Both are great. I definitely, if it was my preference, would say to use Times New Roman. It's just the most common, classic. Other than those two, do not use anything else on your manuscript. Times New Roman and Arial, those are your standard fonts. Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to stand out. It will end up standing out for the wrong reasons because it won't be as readable or legible. And if you send in a manuscript in something else other than Times New Roman or Arial, it might make you look like an amateur rather than the polished and professional writer that you are. So stick to those. My recommendation is Times New Roman. You can't go wrong. And honestly, if it's a great book, it's going to get picked up. Now for finished books, the ones that you buy in a bookstore, you get at the library, the psychology behind the fonts that are used is so fascinating to me. And different genres are known to use certain typefaces. So I want to break down the top five most popular fonts for the interior of books based on its genre. Overall, in general, first, one of the top choices that graphic designers at publishing houses say for the body of text that should be used across the board is Castlone or Castlon. It's a friendly and warm font. It was first designed in 1722, way back when, by William Castlon I, and he was a British type engraver. So that font was used extensively in the British Empire and throughout the American colonies. And a fun fact, it was actually used to set the Declaration of Independence. And it's still one of the most popular fonts for books today, which I think is pretty cool. I'm going to read to you what Castellan is supposed to elicit in terms of feeling. So it says, Castellan conveys an inviting, readable feeling, a feeling of human touch, warmth, and familiarity. It's a good font for historical novels, but also anytime you want a solid, dependable feeling when you pick up a book. Isn't that such a cute description for a font? I really like that one. So if you're picking up a book, make sure to check to see if it's Castellan. A lot of the times they have what kind of typeface is used and the history behind it after the acknowledgements at the back of a book. Now, the top five most popular fonts used for the body text of a book by genre are number one for literary fiction it is drumroll Baskerville <laughs> I love Baskerville I actually used to use this a lot 
For some reason, when I was typing up reports, I was always drawn to Baskerville. It is a classic serif typeface. It's very easy on the eyes for you to read the length of an entire book. It's elegant, smart, and used a lot in literary fiction novels. Genre number two for romance novels, the most popular font is Sabon. Sabon, S-A-B-O-N. So whether you love Jane Austen romantic reprints or teen rom-com style novels like Nicholas Sparks, most of them use Sabon. It could also be Sabon, like the bath and body company, but I always want to say it kind of like the French word savon, which is the word for soap. Anyway, Sabon, 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 whatever it is, that is the most popular font in romance novels. Next up, number three for thrillers and those airport page turners that you love to get in paperback, the most popular font is the almighty Garamond. This is a font you've definitely seen many, many times before, almost as much as Castellone or Castellan. Books like Gone Girl and The Da Vinci Code use Garamond. It's a very versatile, easy-to-digest, classic serif typeface. Garamond was developed in the 16th century by a Parisian engraver named Claude Garamond and still remains, like I said, extremely popular in books today, which is pretty cool. The fourth genre is academic nonfiction. So think those heavy chemistry biology textbooks you had back in high school. Those are academic nonfiction, and Caslon was used in almost all of them. So encyclopedias, journals, important articles, these are all set in Caslon. And like I said, the Declaration of Independence, it's a subtle yet serious font, and it's actually very adaptable to digital, which a lot of textbooks are going online now. So again, can't go wrong with this font. And the fifth most popular font by genre for general interest books, general interest books are just like op-eds in a book form, basically anything that prevents factual information in an easily accessible book format is considered general interest. Like think Richard Dawkins or Jared Diamond, they have a lot of general interest books. Anyway, the most popular font is called Utopia. It's definitely my favorite name. I still think I prefer Garamond, Castellone, or Baskerville, but I love the name of this font. It's broad with an approachable appeal. Again, another tried and true serif. Fonts that you are recommended to stay away from, whether you're self-publishing or working with a traditional publisher, are cliched fonts, and these could be anything from Comic Sans to Papyrus. Although, I did learn very recently that Comic Sans, which is a font I feel like everybody's always making fun of, was developed and created as a helpful font for people with dyslexia. It's easy for them to read. Something about the simplicity of the letters and the way that they are spaced apart Comic Sans is very good for people with dyslexia, so I have a newfound appreciation for it, although it's not recommended that you publish a book in that font. It's also recommended that you stick with one font family. So choose one for the main body of text, and then you can play around with bold or semi-bold, italics, 
and different sizes and weights for the headers and chapter titles. Now, last but not least, what I want to share with you are fantastic fonts used for book covers. So we talked about the inside of the book. Now I want to go to the outside of the book. This one I find extremely interesting because, like I said before, people do judge a book by its cover just as much by the imagery as by the font choice. So the typography can truly make or break a book cover design. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed in at least the last year, it also could be because of how popular bookstagram and posting books on social media is, but my favorite book covers or the ones that I'm drawn to now are the ones that don't even have imagery sometimes. They're just bold, big, simple fonts. Large-scale text against a plain background really makes a big impact. I don't know what it is. There's just something about it that's so appealing to the eye. A book that comes to mind is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I just finished Luster recently, and that's another beautiful kind of typography cover. Also, Eve Babbitts has amazing typography on her book covers, and Sally Rooney, at least the covers that I have. I know there's a lot of variations sometimes, depending on whether it's hardcover or paperback, but yeah, those are just some that come to mind. I know there's a million others as well. Also, you know those iconic penguin classics? Those, they're the little paperback penguin classic covers of Catcher in the Rye or something with the orange at the top of it. They use traditional sans serif typefaces. So Gil Sans and another one called Wild, W-I-L-E, for a clean and classic look. There was a trend for a while of reprinting more classic books like Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. They were sold at Anthropology, at least that's where I always saw them. They were sold at Indigo as well and other independent bookstores, but the remakes, they were hardcovers. They used really beautiful vintage style typography that was super ornate, but also modern. And those fonts were Nexa Rust and one called Asterix. They're slab style fonts but they're used in bold modern colors that look vintage, which is pretty cool. For a lot of book covers, contemporary fiction, a simple sans serif looks really effective because it's not too overwhelming. And these fonts are FF Nexus sans, which is a really super clean, straight-lined look. Trajan, Caslon, and Baskerville, again, are also used on covers. Now, for the book covers of romance novels or nostalgic fiction that needs a font with a bit more emotion, but maybe you don't want to venture down the handwriting script territory, adding italic caps to Castellan or Baskerville or Garamond achieves this emotional effect with also being legible and looks really nice in larger scale. Nonfiction titles tend to be a bit more serious and a little less whimsical than fiction, and a font that is used on nonfiction books occasionally are, is one called BF Anorak, A-N-O-R-A-K. Travel and political commentary books, which need also a little bit more of a serious sans-serif style, use Trade Gothic. And then I love these fonts. They're a little bit more ornate. But as soon as you see them, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. 
These are for historical titles or travel memoirs, books that sometimes use a retro nod to bring the cover to life. Use K22 Didoni, D-I-D-O-N-I, and a font called Cabernet, which is just so lovely to read and to drink. I'm sure there are a million more options of serifs and sans serifs that can be used for the body of a book and the cover design, and it'll just keep evolving as trends evolve and they ebb and flow. For me, I just find the whole graphic design, book cover, book formatting process super, super interesting. I definitely don't have that designer eye for it, so I'm more than happy to rely on an expert and a professional graphic designer when it comes to picking and choosing these things, but I'm so enamored by their craft, and it's so much fun just picking up books and analyzing the different fonts that were used for readability, legibility, and to see if it does evoke that kind of emotion it was meant to. I hope you enjoyed this little trip down typography lane as much as I did, and let me know if you have any favorite fonts as you go throughout your writing process. That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. You call it substance over style.